Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to tonight's show. My guests are Dr. Drew Pinsky and Michael Catherwood, the hosts of the nationally syndicated show Loveline. They dole out advice five nights a week about dating, sex, and relationships. So tonight, we're going to hear their best tips and how they practice them in their personal lives, like how to keep sex alive in a long-term relationship and answer some of your questions as well. Now, this is going to be good, all on tonight's show. Okay, you know that I love my toys. And when I heard that Ovo, who makes incredible award-winning vibrators and massagers, were now launching a rechargeable line next month, I was thrilled. And that's, that's an understatement. To top it off, we came back from our Sex with Emily holiday party the other night, and we had the first shipment of all the new vibes sent to us. We ripped open the box and were blown away by the range of unique and, dare I say, beautiful and powerful vibes. I poured them on the floor. We got to choose which ones we wanted. And, like, the range is amazing of these toys. They have clean, sleek rabbits for dual stimulation, some of the coolest remote control vibes you can use with your partner, and so many clitoral vibes, they are easy to use alone or with your partner, made our heads spin. So to commemorate the launch, OVO, O-V-O, is giving away one of their 12 new rechargeable toys every day starting on Christmas. That's right, you can win it before you buy it just by telling OVO why you need a new vibrator this season. It's the 12 days of OVO. Just follow at OVO Toys on Twitter and tell them why OVO should stuff your stocking this year. Use the hashtag 12 days of OVO for your chance to win. To see all the products, visit OVOLifestyleToys.com. Winners must prove 18 years of age or older. You got a boyfriend? Because uh, my man E here, he just got his heart broken. He thinks you're kind of cute. The girl's got to have her standards. Oh, my. Do women know about shrinkage? Isn't it common knowledge? What do you mean, like laundry? It shrinks? Can we not talk about sex so much? Are you kidding me? Oh, my God, I feel so good. Being bad feels pretty good. Well, you know, Emily's not the kind of girl you just play with. You're listening to Sex with Emily. We're talking about sex, relationships, and everything in between. For more information, go to sexwithemily.com where you can check out all of our blogs, all of our podcasts. You know, the easy thing to do is just to subscribe on iTunes. We do two shows a week. You will never miss a Sex with Emily show again because why would you want to do that? And sign up for my mailing list because I give really good emails. I have to say I'm not making it up. People tell me, so it's, it must be true, right? And um, that's what you should do. And I'm here with Anderson. I'm very what up, show. Hi, Anderson. I missed you the other night. K-Rock Christmas. I know. Where were you? Were you backstage blowing every single musician? Why does place? everyone think I'm always giving out blowjobs in my spare It's time? an easy, low-hanging fruit joke. I apologize. <laughs> really? I've got McCatherwood here. He's one of our guests tonight. Would you like to comment on that? Did you did you see me giving blowjobs at k I did not. I saw you uh, looking beautiful and having a great time. Oh, thank you. I was having Kiss a great ass. time. I no. did, actually. She, uh, Emily looked great. Thank you. It was a really good time. Yeah. That was fun. You got to meet my wife, which was I know. I love it. Because I only met your wife when she was like nine months pregnant for like two seconds in the Loveline studio. That's right. And she's awesome. She's funny. Yeah, she's pretty solid. She puts up with you, and you guys are good. We're going to talk about that tonight. Okay. A little bit about your relationship and all that. Um, okay, so this has been a crazy week. Had so many holly parties and work. My head's spinning. Seriously? What, Anderson? You look shocked. I'm never shocked with like you partying and going out. What do you talk? No, about? everyone thinks I do, but I don't all the time. And, well, no, you actually. I, I tell people that you don't have much of a social life and you need more because actually people are always asking. Very often, people are asking me uh, if you're available. Oh, and yeah, you're I'm interested. Available. I'm ready. And I say I'm not I'm her pimp. I say go talk to her yourself. Dude, bitches. take some numbers if they're cute. Uh, for Smart. those of you who can't see the Ustream, uh, Emily looks very cute right now. I've, I've, a, you Santa know why? It's our, it's our Christmas show, and I, I'm Jewish, but I, I've never <laughs> worn a Santa hat, and I'm so excited. It's Madison becoming. Got it for me. You should move to a place where that's just like the style. Like it the looks North good Pole on you. or yeah. something? Is that where it's a style? Yeah, Emily's wearing a Santa hat and eating pork so she could break away from her. Exactly. But I'm also <laughs> holding sex toys so I could be struck down. You know what I'm saying? Um, so, okay, this is Mike Catherwood. He's here. Mike is the co-host of Loveline. Uh-huh. And I talked about you a little earlier at the beginning, but Mike, I have been honored working with you on Loveline. It's Thank you. run, been on the air for 30 years. 34, I believe. 34? Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. Okay. And you, Something like that, yeah. And Mike, I've got a little like bio here for you, which bios are so lame because you could say it so much better, but sometimes you've done everything. Sometimes it's um, Just tell me what you crazy. Do. Sometimes it's crazy and uh, how how indifferent people are to creating bios because they're just not nonsense. And other times I'm like shocked. I'm like, wow. 
That's pretty accurate. I can't believe I don't. For instance, my Wikipedia, I I had never seen it until I didn't know there was one until like about a year ago, and I read it, and I was like, this is spot on. Really? And like like stuff like my mom's background, my dad's background, like where they're from and how they like their parent their parents and. And it was all true. Everything in there was like totally spot on. Oh, that's good. Because yeah, some people but, go in and go crazy. They're like, "That's not true." Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was a little bit nuts, but also at the same time, I started to think, "Well, who wrote that? Like, who in my life?" You're crazy fans because you've been, you know, but on air. my friends, like people who would not know that, fans, I know. But my friends, like close friends of me, that would know certain little details that are in there, would not write that. Because if they did, it would be all like Mike has a small dick and Mike is uh, is an Only orphan. Only you would from... write you a small dick. That's no, one no, of no, our no, 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 no. I'm just Mike's saying I know dick. my fr- the, my right. friends that are close enough to me to know that kind of stuff. But they probably don't they know would how to never. Do Wiki- but they don't written. know how to use Wikipedia because Wikipedia you have to be like Wikipedia certified, I think, to use Wikipedia. Not yeah. anyone, everyone, go in and edit their stuff. But I, so I guess so. There is must be some really passionate Mike Catherwood fan who knows a lot of stuff because, like, like I said, there's like family stuff in there that I was like. It was totally yeah, accurate. Figure it out. You Google totally it, figure it out. But you're, you know, you've been on the air. What? Okay, so radio, television personality, well-known masturbation advocate. That's true. I added that part. Um, I really am, though. I know you're really, you're really, um, and you're really um, articulate about it, and, and you share when you masturbate. Well, I just think that, uh, a lot of times, um, even non-sexual stuff, young men especially are, they're so driven by their pent-up kind of sexual um, frustrations. Um, that I think that like masturbating frequently, not too frequently, not obviously, too frequently. Yeah, understanding uh, understanding moderation, but masturbating at least daily um, really kind of regulates some of those weird decisions that men make right. for the sake of having it's sex calming, or getting sexual relaxing. I was yeah. like, it's kind of like how women are like go shopping on Zappos or something at night, right? Men, no, like, but masturbate. And guys are guys are just as guilty. I mean, I, if I say shopping look, on Zappos, well, if you have thirty thousand dollars in the bank and you're like, I'm going to go buy a sixty thousand dollar car and figure out how to how to lease it and, and leverage myself to it i go beat off first and like rethink that like think <laughs> seriously it you, like resets. yeah like you may be fueled by the desire to get laid or the desire and i'm like just don't if you're sexting with a girl and you uh, and you have a girlfriend at, that's you know asleep in the other room like go beat off and then think about sexting and like so you what it use means. it as like a decision making tool well yeah I, I, think, I think it i think it kind of regulates a lot of your impulsive no i think it's true nature. i think it's totally natural we talk about this in the show a lot that people just don't a lot of women, and I was like that. I didn't understand why my boyfriend, when I was like 24, I'm like, oh, we're having amazing. You know, then he's like, best sex of my life. I'm like, why is he always watching porn? Why? Is he? You know, I thought that I wasn't fulfilling him, mm-hmm. which is a, a lot of women believe that. But okay, there's a few things I have to say first before we before we chat. And yes. the most important thing is that you have to follow me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram this coming week because starting today, December 18th. So it's all sex with Emily across the board, and you should totally be following me because it's fun. My, my posts are good. They're a good time. I, uh, I'm a, I get your newsletter. I follow you on Twitter and right. Instagram. Thank you, Mike. I appreciate it. I'm pretty that. sure we're friends on Facebook. I'm pretty sure we are. I, think I don't know because I don't friends. really I think it apply. took us a while. Like, I know that you don't usually, like, you probably, like, you know, not friends with everybody, but I, uh, I was. Oh, I just don't know. I don't, I don't do, uh, put any effort into my Facebook. Okay. I have no idea who my friends got, are. I have no idea what's on there. I've got a page, though. I've got, like, a Facebook page. That's sex-friendly. Okay, so anyway, here's the thing. (laughs) I'm bringing you seven days of holiday pleasure, meaning seven days to win some very sexy prizes. All Sex with Emily, we're giving away all good stuff. So check my social media every day for the next seven days, and it's hashtag seven days of – what is it? Seven days of pleasure. Hashtag seven days of pleasure. We are giving away some of the most killer toys, products, whatever, so check that out. And that's, like, the most important thing I have to say. And here's Dr. Drew. Dr. Drew's here. Hi, Dr. Drew. Hey, Emily. Looking good Hi. in his burgundy shirt. It's uh, more of a Merlot. You guys are awesome. Test, test. Here we go. Hello, hello. Merry Christmas. Oh, thank you. Should I open it now? If you want. Susan Doc, uh, Dr. engineered. Drew, I know you're part of the tribe, too. Yes, I, I don't, I don't I have a dress Hanukkah like Santa. Story Hanukkah story? This is my first... Time ever wearing a, uh, a sure it Santa is. hat. She looks natural. I, I, was gonna say, I she, know. Well, Emily actually... Like when sometimes in certain outfits you're very Jewy, but then other times I look at you and you're very goy. This is very goy. Wait a minute, yeah. what? Yeah, well, the Christmas hat. But when am I Jewy? I wear but, all black. Every no, day. no, I know, but that is very uptown New York, New York, like Jewish chick kind of. You have that sexy Jewish professional chick look a lot. But then other times I look at you, I'm like. She could be a fucking Ruka from like East LA. <laughs> when, when is that? When like, like, it's every once in a while. Every once in a while, yeah. Do you agree? You've when seen her, what? Drew, in her in her camel toe cheetah <laughs> pants and stuff. I have camel toe. I do not own camel toe cheetah pants. 
They're leggings, and I never wear them out of the house. <laughs> I do have cheetah leggings. I've never left my house in them <laughs> since, since San Francisco. You're getting ganged up How'd on you tonight. How do you know? I know. I'm not letting hey, it happen. Hey, listen, I've got the bell. You, you let us into your territory for once. So. Am I opening this now? Really? Like, oh, Stila. I love Stila makeup. This is awesome. Thank you, Drew. Thank you, Welcome. Susan. Mm-hmm. Your lovely are you, wife. Are you into, uh, like... This um, is, like, my favorite brand, and this is good. This That's good stuff. It's good. I know it's expensive. She knows, so much. she knows what she's doing. Um, are you real into, like, makeup, not makeups, but, like, face creams and, and that type of thing? You know, well, yeah. I mean, Because you look I very like... young. Oh, thank For you. For visit my wife's bathroom, there's a, a full, uh, not, a a, not only a store, but a museum dedicated to creams and makeups yeah, and, we and need bikinis. So much. That's the other thing. There's a museum of bikinis. Oh, your wife. So we were in Laguna Beach. And she, oh, yeah. she's many oh, you, things. Oh, yeah. Susan I remember Pinsky. your guys' swinger party from like, yeah, a month it was, ago. Yeah, I know. It was kind of weird. I was like, really? You went? I'm like, no, we're all friends. It's totally cool and chill. Yeah, like, yeah sure. But it, it really, it's dude. Key party. Come on. Like, like Drew, really. I, have, I hypnotize them both. Sorry. I don't, I don't think that Drew would uh, engage. I, I, Drew listen. never would. It would just anyway, chill. We get along. The point along. is, so Well, Susan, I just know. I know for a fact that you don't engage in swinging with Drew because you walk correctly. Oh, stop it. If oh, you engage stop. with sex with Drew, you'd, you'd be all bow-legged and And with you, up. I would just be exactly the same. Cause, oh, yeah. No, yeah, you'd actually, your legs would be, be like, closer are together. Are you in? Are you in? Were you there? <laughs> it actually it brings happen? your legs closer somehow. My penis is so small. <laughs> We're going to get to that later. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so your wife, among many things, very talented. She um, hosts her podcast, Calling Out with Susan Pinsky. But she also happens to be a bikini expert. Because she worked at a bikini shop when yep. we first met her. Yep, that's right. True. And so we went bikini shopping one day. It was like Memorial Day, Labor Day, whatever. Labor Day. Mem- was it Labor Day? Labor Day. Yeah. And everything's in sale, right? Laguna Beach. And so we went to this bikini shop. And I just, she just sat there with me. I tried. And she's like, nope, yes, your ass looks bad. Your ass. Like, she just knew. <laughs> like, yes, no, take it off. You're wrong. And she was pulling them. Like, there was thousands of bikinis. And she knew. And I bought, like, five bikinis. And they were all amazing. Like, I, you can't do that on your own as a woman. Because the girls were like, no, it looks so good on you. And then they don't. But no, she Susan, knows, she absolutely Susan was like, no, sense. take it off. No. Like, she was like, like the bikini knots. And, and then she sounds like me. good ones. Sounds like They're me hot. going to buy suits with my friends. I know. I yeah, yeah. I'm always like, no, those down. lapels are too big for you, yeah. dude. You're, you're not tall enough. You need to, you need thin lapels. You got to match your tie to it. And, then, and my friends are like, oh, thanks, man. Thanks. No, but everyone needs a friend like that. I don't have that in their life. Susan, I should yeah. you know, go shopping with her. Okay, so, well, you're both here now. So we'll just, mm-hmm. I'll do my little intro. People don't, I'm assuming, unless people have been under a rock. They've heard of Loveline. It's been around for 30 years. He said 34, Mike. 83. Okay. I'm math. Math. I, don't, I, I really don't do math, actually. It makes me it, It'll be headache. 32 exactly like January 3rd, right? Isn't that when you started? January? Uh, no, I, all I know is I remember New Year's Eve 1984, and it was a Sunday. And it wasn't even New Year's Eve. It was actually New Year's Day because they'll never do the Rose Parade on a Sunday. Right. So New Year's Day was Sunday, and the show was Sunday night, and the second was the parade. Right. And I remember having to get in through the parade track into oh, the K Rock in yeah. Pasadena. And it was and I'd been doing it a few months at that time. So I probably started the summer of eighty three. Okay. Yeah, don't Sounds start like me about something. don't start me about New Year's Eve and the fucking rose parade. Yeah, yeah. Why? Bring up my oh, if you oh, God, come visit us, you'll see. Yeah. I want to. Oh, I'll all, be back. Well, come visit. Us. I know because I'm going. Now I'm going to Florida. My mom, Jew, my mom is not the Jewish guilt type at all. I wish sometimes I think it would have been better. Yeah. If she had any Jewish, like anything that showed that she. I mean, she cares, but she was like, whatever, have fun, go to San Francisco. If you don't like it, you'll come back. You like, can take some never, of my mom's. She's goy as hell. But she called she me and said, you know, I could, <laughs> she goes, you know, I'm not getting any. You know, I'm not getting any younger. She's in Florida. <laughs> not getting any younger, Emily. <laughs> really? Bring her out here. I could die soon. You guys would love my mom. She's like, you know, I'm not kidding about it. I'm not going to be around forever. You she should hot? come to Florida. Yeah, she is. She looks amazing. She's 71. Where? I'll fuck she her. She has a place in Sarasota. Dude, you probably would. Mm-hmm. Who wouldn't you fuck if you weren't married? But, oh, but um, even, I just wish even I knew as you for a, five minutes when you weren't married. You even as if, I, if you knew me when I wasn't married, I'd definitely fuck you. That would have made for a good show. Come on, and talk about it. That, uh, listen, you would have fucked me. How do you know I would have fucked you? You would have. Really? All that yeah. small penis talk. Yeah. Um, okay. Drew, think, Drew. From what you him? know of me, <laughs> as as a man who knows me uh, very well on and off the air, and yes. especially knew me during the time of of activity post first marriage. Yeah. Uh, if Emily was like like a part of Loveline the way she is now, and during say like two thousand eight. Honestly, as a betting man, what would you say with the chances that I'd have sex with her would be? I'd, I'd more be wondered why it wouldn't, right? Would it, yeah, like it's it, yeah, it, in the way of it. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, and so, although although it appears we didn't, I know this till this minute. <laughs> she's deeply 
turned off by the small penis I'm talk. I'm kidding. Yeah. It's a joke because that's actually something we're getting. She, she's Mike deeply gets turned dick off morphia. Yeah. We extend body dysmorphia. We know where people think they're fat. Wife. And Mike, it anger, right, it angers me too. What? His dick morphia. And then you know, Mike always talks about having a small penis, small penis, and I don't really, he won't show it to us. Yeah, people do not think about the fact that the male preoccupation with penis size, penis shape, penis whatever, is a form of body dysmorphia very often. Right. It, it has sort of two manifestations. One is when men have low self-esteem, not even low self-esteem, when they're just not feeling good about their place in the world. You know, young men particularly, they have, what, who am I, what am I going to do? Right. They start preoccupying about their penis size. It becomes sort of a, some, a surrogate symbol for their Bigness, exactly. their right. worth. That makes sense with me. Yeah. But as a syndrome, I was just reading about it the other day, and I realized I've seen this a number of times. These guys, in fact, we had a guest in here that started. You know, yeah, Eric Andre. He had the same exact syndrome. They they get like an irrit. First of all, they become a little bit. They're, they're OCD. Which is utter bullshit because he's a black guy. So I refuse to hear that from a but black he's, guy. He's, he's mixed. Yeah, but he but he's Sammy Davis Jr. style. He's black. He's black Jew, which he means wasn't, he wasn't concerned with size. Here's what his thing was, and this this is sort of oh, that's how, right. Yeah, that's right. This is typically yeah. how it goes. Is they they start worrying about STDs, they get a little irritation and go, oh, I've got one, I've got one, I got one. They see dermatologists, urologists, dermatologists, urologists, like four or five of them, and then they'll come to a generalist like me because they get sort of dismissed and blown off by all the specialists. And they'll go, look, there's a shiny spot, there's a little spot. Do you see the irritation? It's it's driving me crazy. It's so awful, and. You can't see a damn thing. There's nothing there. They've tried all kinds of steroid creams and everything. It doesn't help. And you put them on an SSRI, which, by the way, works for all body dysmorphias. It does. Uh, and, and thing goes away immediately. goes away immediately. They you stop you being, had this experience? They're not preoccupied well, I, I have with since that becomes their obsession, but they're no longer the obsessive ruminations. We talked away. about how Drew, I, uh, speaking of SSRIs, I'm going to go ahead and need you to make that call tonight. <laughs> no. Well, what? listen to this. What the fuck Let's is going on with this? I ordered. See, you can see. I made your last one refillable. I, uh, you see, I what made it. Just call. Okay, I made it. I made it. Uh, did you want to I, call I made now? My, I made my prescription show? from Express Scripts. Which yeah. I would, they sent me seven fucking pills. Oh, hmm. what is it? That means they're not going to cover it. Oh, and fine, I, then I'll pay. But either yeah. way, just send me my goddamn what medication. Is, yeah, you need it. What is it? The rest of SRIs, <laughs> both of them. Can we get them some? Do you well, no, yeah, I can get them. I've, the, I've been, I've been getting the, them across. Well, Drew's, Drew's a, a real doctor. He just calls in a prescription for me, and I go and I'll pay. Play one on TV. But here's the thing. With my body dysmorphia, which, uh, all kidding aside, goes much larger than, like, the way I look at my penis. It was, I mean, I really was, it was so crippling that in my first marriage in the early 2000s, um, I would shower with a shirt on. I'd take my shirt off when I got in the shower because I, I would possibly walk by a mirror. Um, so, I mean, I had a really bad body dysmorphia. When did it start? What age? Uh, junior high school. Okay. Probably. That sounds about right. Yeah. Wow. And you never got naked in front of? Anyone? Oh no, not unless it was. What for, you not unless for his comedy. Okay, even when, when you were like jacked up on steroids and stuff. Yeah, even it was actually probably worse. What about when you were wasted? I think I, think I found I think I found like naked. a little comfort zone, like like maybe like sophomore year in high school before, like right before but, but I not you would only get got out, you would get out and pose down in a, in a fucking. Yeah, but I I honestly you did can't that wear like a snowsuit if you're a bodybuilder. I know, but stage. I did that as a way to like. One of, one of my one of my therapists thought it would be like a good idea to like to like trial by fire like to take steroids and then go no, do a competition. No, no. I don't think she was aware of oh, steroid use. How ridiculous is that that she didn't know? How long we went? Because start? I don't think most people drew like you have a, such not only a working knowledge of of like muscle building and like strength training because of your own personal like. Exercise bulimia. Jock, Dr. Drew's like very good in very good shape. What else? Should we just call all of our issues out? But but Let's not only that, fun. but you're a doctor, so I think that you I mean you understand that human beings don't grow thirty pounds oh. of muscle in a year. It just doesn't happen. No. You right. unless you um but she like that was a main issue for me when I was in my first marriage because a lot of other stuff got when my wife left me, my first wife left me, then I started focusing on other things. Like the body dysmorphia almost got better by virtue of not paying attention to it. Mm. Okay. But during the time when we were married, that was my main focus when I was going to therapy was like trying to deal with and you hadn't focused on it before in therapy. No, no. Okay, because it really like it was kind of something that you just were. Yeah, in because your mind well, because I was, but you didn't hadn't talked to anyone about it in therapy. I think right it hit. A, I think it hit a, an apex during my first marriage because I my body dysmorphia became so much more clear because I was also sober. Right. I, you know, exactly. when so I got that's... married, when I got married to my first wife, I was three or four years sober. Okay. So by that time, I started to kind of a lot of things in my life became more clear. Um, when I was nineteen and had bad body dysmorphia, I just do coke. And everything went away. Right. Well, All dysmorphia. Right. You just numbed everything. Yeah. So now you're dealing with that. But mm-hmm. do you feel like it's getting bad? Do you feel like you're making progress in it? I mean, I know I'm, you make the jokes about the small penis. Besides. But is it still crippling? It's still uncomfortable. 
Like I, I, I surf a lot, and when I when I take up when I take off my wetsuit, if it's hot enough where I'm not swimming, you could be like, I'm in the pool. Remember that Seinfeld episode? It shrinks anyway. <sighs> what? Do you remember that? Yeah. I was in the pool. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, do you want to you want to hear a little joke about that? <laughs> I think he's saying though, even just taking the, the wetsuit off. In public, forget oh, the I penis. See. Okay, I was yeah, no, I'm just saying, like, penis. just like seeing my physique <laughs> is, a, is a thing. Like, I, I, I do a lot of photo shoots, not a lot, but I, I've done photo shoots in my life, like when I was on Dancing with the Stars or when I was when I was in certain magazines, or in the, and they're like, "Hey, Mr. Muscle Man, go ahead and take that shirt off so we can get that shot." And I was like, "You got to be fucking kidding me!" Right? And I mean, I'd be like, to real photographers for like, like details, in such good shape and, and I'd be like, like, "Okay, what bell? Okay," and I'd be like, "Whoa, whoa." You've got to be kidding me! And, and they would have this conversation with me, like it was a real right, possibility that I would take I mean, take I, my shirt off. Right. No, he didn't worry. They got, got on meds, and the meds took care of it. So the meds. So that was just recently. He was leading was to like the SSRIs. Yeah. Right. Okay. So now you're on SSRIs for depression in the body. And 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 a, a, a latent you better benefit. You get him tonight for him. A latent benefit now. has been that I've I've really found my stride. At least I'm a lot better than I've ever been before okay, with happy. the body dysmorphia. Good. It really works very very well, remarkably well. well. Okay. So this is what I got to give my little like. I'm, okay, I assume most people know who you guys are, but just in case. No, most people don't know who I am. Most people probably know I, who Drew they, is. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Okay, but Dr. Drew, okay, so Loveline's been on for 30-some-odd years, and um, there's been a few other hosts, like Adam Carolla, people might know of, and now it's Mike Catherwood, and you guys are awesome, and it's been an honor and kind of a dream to be on the show with you guys. Well, Once a week, you. I guess, guest co-host on Thursday nights. It's fun, and you're both here. We love here. having Emily there. Yes, we, we do. Really, I'm glad because really. I love being there. Mm. Like I, like I, I really do. It's hard for me from a broadcasting <laughs> standpoint, but as a per, on a personal and professional <laughs> level, it's the best. Why? Because I talk. So because best. no one has worse Tourette's than Dr. Drew, except maybe Emily Morris. <laughs> and I'll be like, here's the number to call in to my call-in radio show one eight hundred. But here, and, and then Drew down. jumps in, and then I'm like, wait. Can I just wait, give out the Jill number? Be like, at least? Look at this Instagram. No, I know it's okay. I'm sorry, but wait, yeah, I'll offer something visual in the room, <laughs> and she'll start talking about it. Emily, look, it's a picture of Elvis. You're like on Instagram surfing the hot chicks all the time. But at but least I got my fucking mouth shut. No, you do. It's true. Okay, so listen. So you guys, and also you've both been married happily mm-hmm. 25 years, 20, 23, 23 years. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. triplets mm-hmm. who are 21. 22. Great kid, 22, right? 22, great kids. And Mike, two years married. Just two years. Uh, last I week, saw your picture years. on Instagram. It was and beautiful. Emily's the personal consultant to one of my sons. Yeah, that's right. I am. Oh, he's like, he, he, the other night he's like, you're a mad genius. You're like, you're a magician. I was texting him, no. just advice in college. I know, which, I know which son it is if he said those words. He's awesome. Why? Because right, he... Because the other son wouldn't say that. Geniuses? You go, you go, thank you. Yeah. No, he was awesome. I love, I love, all, well, I don't know all your kids, but I'm still You're a mad right. genius. Okay, so anyway, I can't believe how talk. much you've helped me. That's help one him. son. Dude, he got, I know, he, but Drew knows I'm right, I don't too. know if I should say this out loud. <laughs> I can't begin don't to express it. Don't, don't my. Don't I won't say it. No, don't say it. Awesome. You can say it, but not in front of me. But I'm just saying, like, one son, I can't begin Let to express how grateful I am for this. Let me just close the deal that we were working on. Okay. The anal? Has to do with women. No anal. You think he's no? Please. Speaking of anal, yeah. um, we're going to get into that in a minute because okay, so Loveline's been Emily's around. Emily's book. <laughs> Speaking of anal. Speaking of anal, is that a bad title? It's a good title. Okay, so Loveline's amazing. You could listen to it five nights a week. You could download the podcast, all that stuff. Okay, yeah. so and then Drew HLN, you're all over the place. Teen mom, celebrity rehab. They recognize you. Drew's My, really becoming one of the fixture like, like really one of the main fa- faces of not only HLM but like the CNN company as a I whole. Know. Well, he really... should be. Someone we're needs gonna, to be. We're going to be. A, it, 2015 is going to be an important year for that show. Yeah. What's going to happen? We're getting an audience in there. It's going to be oh, that's really gonna be, cool. That yeah. is going to be very cool. Yeah. So everyone should check that They're out. They're starting and, to hire Latinos. And Mike, <laughs> if you don't know who Mike is, you're on there sometimes. And He's going to be on a lot. Everyone hope. freaks out, right? Because yeah. Mike is not like Mike is a good counter to you. He's not HLM material. No, but they well, let he's not CNN material. He's HLM material but in see, terms of where they want it. HLM to go. Right. So it's good. I'm not HLM material in that most of the people that get mad at me are fucking idiots. <laughs> and it's a, a, a lot of times he'll bring panelists on that so like pander to fucking idiots. So everyone who doesn't agree with you is an idiot. No, no, not at all. But don't you do no. things that like freak people out like in the middle of the show, like Sam, his co-host, you're no, like, yeah, 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 like yeah. the big Mike has an obsession with big. Penises, pick photos that he sends around. I've actually moved beyond that. It's more to gape, right, Drew? That's my. Where's my phone? And didn't you like do something a video? Because because Susan Pinsky comes up to me, she goes, "Michael has a video that he's showing tonight of his daughter saying anal gaping." I'm (laughs) like, she's only a few months old. She's probably not really saying it. Isn't that funny? Is that bad? Say it loud. 
Anyway, uh, Susan told me it must be true, but Mike, okay, so 10 years you were on Kevin and Bean, very mm-hmm. popular yeah. L.A. morning show. Yep. Psycho Mike. Yeah, that was A.K.A. Me. And uh, then Loveline four years ago, and you were also on Dancing with the Stars. It'll be, it'll be my five favorite this part March. is that he's, yeah. oh, really? Yeah, okay. I can't believe it. It really has flown by. And then so. my favorite part of Dancing with the Stars is that you slept with everyone on the show. Not, and I, I want to Google it on and YouTube. In defense, of, in defense of the married women on the show, I didn't sleep with everyone. I slept with a considerable amount of girls. Okay. Yeah. Got it. So that was pretty awesome. Yeah. And also, if you want to find out Twitter and Instagram, you're what at What is Dr. the number? Drew. I've never asked you that. Four of dancers or of people of, total? Yeah, of, of the, from the production. Six. Okay. That sounds, that's how, what I And how long were you there? I was not. I was voted for all first. I know you were all first, but was there about three not, weeks. he was too busy boning to get over the dancing. Do yeah. you think that if you spent more time practicing the moves, you might have? We're on Ustream right now too. If you wanted to do anything, um, do you think that you would have um, maybe would have been voted off second? Sex aside, I think if I would have like really applied myself more, I could have done better. Because you weren't taking it seriously. I didn't take it seriously at all. In fact, I in fact I went out of my way to not because I felt it. So sounds so crazy, like. Back then when I was young, but that was only like three, four years ago. But right. I just had a different view of it. I, I, I thought it wouldn't – it somehow wouldn't be you cool. you like a self-hating dancing No, it's like, a, like it wouldn't be cool if I tried hard. If I really learned the moves, that wouldn't be punk rock and cool. So I just like – I had this attitude where it's like I knew I, I knew I was the least popular guy. I had the least amount of fame. So that already was like really working against me. No, that's true. You could have like – Swept onto the dance floor and kicked ass just because you weren't well known. You even if even that. if I was the greatest dancer in the history of that show, I I wouldn't have beat like and the, the producer who you and banged stuff. and then you banged the, her assistant was probably like he's off and they like rigged it. Mm, yeah, no, um, the, okay, the girl I, I made sure about... that the girls that I I was lucky enough to uh, make love to were not uh, <laughs> powerful bang, enough to kick me off like the show. Her. Okay, got it. Well, that's smart. Yeah. Okay, so love line. How did you guys meet? Oh, we met. You met years ago, right? Yeah, we met because we both are from the Pasadena area, and Drew was. At the time, like a huge fixture in the recovery community there, Still is. because he was working in a, uh, he's working in the addiction medicine department of a past running that program. Yeah, was chairman of the program, okay. and um, so that and Director. and once being that being my home neighborhood, and then also uh, me getting finally getting clean and sober there. Twelve years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's twelve, a little over twelve years. So. Okay, so that's when you met when you were getting sober. So yeah. he was actually that. Wow, he treated you sort of. Can we not yeah. talk about that? No, okay, of course. So yeah. Right. Wow. So Mike, little Mike Catherwood detoxing the whole thing must have been. What we he to has to tell that story, okay. not me. Okay, yeah. right. We're going to talk about that. But this is what I want to know. So then you guys came together, did Love Line. And so, and I'm going to, I just want to ask you both. Well, no, first I'll ask Drew. Um, who's your favorite co host then? So. Mike, of course. <laughs> well, <laughs> if, we're, if, we're, if, we're, if Emily were a regular fixture, it'd be Emily. It'd be Emily. <laughs> okay, good answer. Okay, so I just want to know I mean, 30 years on Love Line, and you've even been here for five, and you listened to Love Line because you used to prank I call when you were like 12. Love Line. Right. He, he so was, did I. like the Corolla years. Right, I've loved those were the golden era for me. But I want to know what you guys think of, of how what has changed in sex and relationships right. over the last so thirty years. A lot has changed. Um, when I began, I initially began. Really, what motivated me was HIV and AIDS. Neither terms had been coined yet, by the way. At right. the time, we were still calling it gay-related intestinal disease syndrome. We were Grits. just it wasn't until like eighty-seven. We even just right? began to call it AIDS. We did not have a causative agent. The term safe sex hadn't been coined yet. We had Drew, all- I'm sorry to interrupt, but before Grids, wasn't there a time in where it was actually called the gay flu? There was a time where they, they didn't know what the hell. Yeah. They, yeah, they had all kinds of names and all kinds of ideas about it. And uh, when I was— That's a good band name. Yeah, by, by the time the I hit the, the, the gay wards, flu. they were starting to call it AIDS, and, and we were just putting people on the ground hand over fist. And I thought, Ugh. oh, my God. And nobody was talking to young people. There was still a sense in this country. We'd just been through the sexual revolution, right. and nobody thought— that adolescents would follow in the footsteps of the adults. Well, adolescents are not to have sex. They right. don't, don't even There's discuss no it with them. Nothing. No, don't discuss it with them. That's adults. What, what do you consider it. adolescents when you're talking about this? Under 21. Okay. Uh, and the, and I was like, hey, fuck that. I know right. what people are doing. I haven't seen it all the way through high school, and now I'm in college, and I'm in medical school. This is not something that just started. Right. Uh, young people are engaged in sexual activity, and they need to know about this thing. Because it's gonna, it's not gonna just. People were convinced it was just an a, uh, a gay phenomenon at the time, right. and I was clear to me it was infectious disease. So that's that what got you in here. But then but, the calls started coming in, and well, no, it got me in, and that's mostly what kept me here. I was, I was once a week. Uh, it was Sunday nights, midnight to three in the morning, <sighs> and I'd stay a week. Yeah, it was one, one night, night a week. Night a week. I'd stay an hour or two, and it, it got popular fast, and it sort of moved to ten to one at one point. And I, I wouldn't stay all three hours typically. I would just I just thought it was important to pump out this information. I did it about for free. Safe sex. For, and the, safe sex was not a term that had been coined well, yet. And condoms, so were, were, condoms, were, condoms were behind the yeah, counter. Yeah, I guess so embarrassing. To you ask. had to line up and ask the pharmacist to get you the condom. 
and and I was advocating this, and no one was talking about it. And, and it, over the course of two years, it went from like, "What the hell do you think you're doing?" to it being, "All doctors need to do this now." And it was it was a very difficult time for me. That's why I didn't use my last name. I didn't, didn't tell anybody I was doing it. I was very secretive about it. And, uh, and it was fun and interesting and different. Uh, and I did it for 10 years for free. Just to, I thought I was doing community free. service. Wow. And, and uh, the show got popular right away, pretty much. Pretty right? fast. Because there's nothing. I mean, serious people have tried. I tried. I kicked off the radio. No. <laughs> my show didn't like No, but I'm kidding. I didn't try to copyright. Mine's different. But Loveline, no one else has been able to, to come up against it. I mean, you really Yeah, we don't. It's we, I, just well, the only place that everyone grew up on it. That's how they, people learned about sex because there's nowhere else to No, uh, there's, there's other places and like, other people. people hold on. People, there's what? other people places and other people have tried. The truth is, and I hate to say it with him here there's no one can do no one can do the clinical aspect of it the way drew can he's the best at it there's no there's it's absolutely no one's in that ballpark because i got it there's plenty of people who can give you the clinical backing to all sorts of syndromes and diseases there's plenty of people who are very entertaining on the radio and do it in a compelling and listenable way there's nobody like drew who can do both he's both exactly that's why you've you know been here so what else is changed like anal sex so so that was that so so that was that was that and there was and through those through that decade it was sort of a naive notion that you know, I remember back when Dr. Ruth was telling people how to have good sex. And I was like, no, people know how to have good sex. What they don't understand is how not to get pregnant, how not to get STDs. Right. And it was a naive time. And there was no there's no Internet. There's no place for young people to go to get information. STD, yeah. Sex you know, education is abismal in America. And, and listen, and in the infectious disease and the reproductive health stuff, infectious disease was behind this veneer of this is venereal diseases. Ugh. Right. And no one had any sense of what these things were, what the different names were, what they meant, what they looked like. They knew nothing. It was amazing. It was just so absolutely totally ignorance. Did you know that, or you'd have to go back and study? Because you no, I saw all the time in clinics. I saw tons of right. it. There was, there was so much. There was a lot out there then, and uh, and I was just that's what I was pushing, pushing, pushing STDs and birth control. That that's sort of what I was. Really, that's how it all started. And, in the beginning. and then it went from that after about fifteen years to uh, more of the trauma stuff started emerging. The trauma, trauma, trauma. People. It became increasingly clear that people were acting out the traumas, but it wasn't. It wasn't as pervasive as it is now. It was just starting to kind of surface, and people were making bad choices in relationships, and they were having compulsive reenactments, and that part got into it. And the inter, you know, information was starting to come from different places, so it was trying to straighten people out, and right. and more about relationships, and really dealing with the consequences of not such good fam- healthy family systems. Right, which that's and, kind of the same now well, too. But now it's, it's meltdown it. now. Now it's horrible family systems and horrible trauma, and it's just you gotten worse, worse, worse. You think families have gotten worse? Oh yeah. Yeah. How's that? More trauma how than many, how many kids are raised with, with two parents in this country or in, uh, inside right. wedlock? I mean, is this, I came. But didn't the divorce? What's the, and what's the percentage for the, the African American and, and Hispanic community? It's 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 shock. It's science fiction. Right. You know, when you find out how many people really have a stable um, uh, home life in in, in those but communities. Even the married above, above even people who were like coming from homes where their parents were still married could still have the abuse and the trauma. I just yeah, think but it just got, it just got worse and, worse, get and worse. worse and worse. Okay, when we come back, we're going to talk about um, what else happened with that. And then anal, anal sex. sex. And, and anal sex was in there. Yeah. we got to throw it in. Okay, yeah. but first, a word from my um, sponsors. You guys, do you know about me undies? I love me I'm wearing, I'm wearing I the undies. I love me, too. I love this. Okay, and so. They need to send me more because okay. I've only got like two pair of undies and one T-shirt. Okay. And, and, they, and they need to custom make the size for Drew because of his cock. Right, exactly. And you, you, they send you the little boys one. Which That's is right. Because right. it works. That's <laughs> awesome. Because me undies has underwear for everybody. <laughs> it's funny. I was at a holiday. I was at a Holly party last night. I was at a Holly party last night, and everywhere I went, these guys were like, yeah, MeUndies, MeUndies. I'm like, you guys know about MeUndies? I am obsessed with it. Um, This underwear, okay, I don't even know how to explain to you. You, you, You wear them. It's the most comfortable underwear you will ever put on. Obviously, Mike and Drew are obsessed with it. So I'll tell you the story. They sent me some underwear, and I was skeptical because I'm super picky. I have my brands that I wear about what I put on my body, and I swear to God, they are the most comfortable-feeling underwear to the point where they were the top of a conversation last night at a party. Everyone was flashing their underwear, and I, I can't go back to my old ones. And here's what I love. Me undies, they're environmentally friendly, and the materials are made of sustainable and natural fibers, and it's so soft. Um, and like I said, I bought nice underwear. It falls apart, fades, it shrinks. They ride up on you. It's horrible. These do not. Plus, me undies, cool styles for men and women. And they've also got not just underwear, tanks. The t-shirts are so soft. I have not taken off. I wear it every day. The tanks that wear them, like they're so soft. Do you get the tanks too, Mike? I have not worn um, them, um, but I, I, I imagine anything for me undies is high quality. It's high quality. Check out the photos yourself. Meundies.com slash Emily if you love me and you want to support the show. And you also get 20% off. It's the most comfortable underwear you'll ever wear. It's insane how good they make you feel. They fit perfectly. Um, go to meundies.com slash Emily. You get 20% off your first order and free shipping. 
Plus, they guarantee that if you're not happy with them, you can send your dirty wear underwear back to them. No. Your first pair is free if you're not happy. Um, and you will be happy because I don't know anyone who's not happy. So once you feel me undies on your body, you're never going back. But to get that 20% off, you have to go to meundies.com slash Emily. So appreciate you supporting them. And um, you'll appreciate them supporting you because they feel amazing. Okay, back to anal sex. I'm with Dr. Drew and Mike Catherwood, host of Loveline and so many other things. But I'm thinking about sex because I know since I started my show 10 years ago, like no one, maybe anal sex, people were just starting to talk about it. I feel like squirting is the new anal that's yeah, kind of come that's out exactly more. Right. There was a lot of, like when Mike was, was first started joining the show, there was preoccupation with how do I get my girlfriend to have anal sex? Right. There's weird, yep. weird preoccupation on the part of men. And then it became squirting. Right, but that's, that's in the last seven years, those yeah. two preoccupations. Of exactly. So that's changed. And then people, you think, are just more messed up childhoods and all that stuff you said. So, um, Way more. And way that, more. of course, gets acted out in their romantic lives. Always. It's the patterns. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We fit our parents and all that stuff. Okay. So I want to talk about sex after marriage to both of you. After marriage. Yeah. To, you, to my wife or to No, just in general because you're both in relationships. Mm-hmm. Mike, you've been married for two years. Uh-huh. You've been with your wife for four years, three years? Uh, three and a half, yeah. Okay, and Drew, 23? Yep. Okay, so you both seem happy. I mean, you know, you never really know goes, what goes on behind closed I'm very, doors. I am. I, I, I know, you guys I, both I, I hate to make like, happy. even like that hackney joke. I am I am so overwhelmingly happy in my marriage. Yeah. I know, it's kind of annoying. Uh, Emily. It's sickening. <laughs> um, She's like like repelled by it. <laughs> I'm like, you guys really are, but really, what, I mean, what, how do you make it work? How do you, how do you even want to have, I mean, you're still. I, I really think a, a big part, two two big parts for me. Correct me if I'm wrong. Best tips. One is where you are in your life. Yeah. So that you got to be ready. For a guy, that's very you important. You have to be ready. It has to be where you are in your life when you're ready to really commit. Okay. Uh, and then who you choose is really important. I don't think enough goes into that choice. You know, you've got to be, there has to be something renewing about that relationship every day for a long time. And if what you're do you not mean renewing about that relationship, like you got to be into that person. Not, right. You got to be into it. You got to want to spend time with it. You got to want to listen. You got to be attracted in a way that you know you're going to be attracted long from long into the future. Because if like you, you don't have that attraction over, at the beginning, it's not going to build. Well, right. it builds in a certain way. There, there's a certain element that, but not not in a way that guys are thinking about. It yeah. does, your, your boner doesn't grow. <laughs> right. It doesn't. It doesn't. You know, but your your appreciation for that person. But so many if, people if get right. married or commit because they're having amazing sex, and they're like, "Oh, but well, we have great sex, yeah, but, so we're going to get married." And that I, fades after time. That can the attraction, and you realize that I think everyone should get like you should fill out a form to talk about your sexual likes, dislikes, sexual just, sexual pleasure like inventory before you marry someone. Where you answer sexual all pleasure and sexual qu- the quality of sex is an incredibly important factor into a great relationship, in my opinion. Uh, this is you know you're asking what makes it work. This is incredibly subjective. I, I'm I'm assuming you know Dr. Drew. And his wife, do they have an excellent marriage? But um, so much that goes into it is so unique to each relationship. Yeah. It's like saying, "What's the best diet?" You know, yeah, you know right. well, it's so personal. Right. Um, but that's that's a really important point. Um, but you have to focus. I think it's sure. But I was going to say the, the big yeah, thing is that without question, sex is a very important factor. But for men, especially, if you want to be able to really successfully engage in monogamy, you have to you have to analyze whether or not this woman makes your quality of life better outside of the bedroom because i've been in plenty of relationships where you know to, to quote the, the kings sex. of leon the sex was on fire but it was i mean i i, I think we talked about it off the air last week emily where i was saying I, I remember moments where i was with this one girl where where i actually was like searching for things to say to her and like we just i was I, i'd be in the moment looking at her i'd be like fuck we have nothing in common i better fuck her <laughs> because and, I, and we'd be, and we'd be away on weekends. We'd be like on vacation. No, we'd be on vacations on weekends, like weekends away. And I'd be like, well, and I'd honestly just look at her. We'd be like watching TV or something. And I'd be like, let's go have sex. And I because I would force myself to just have sex with her because that was you the only to... time we ever got like really had I a think connection. That's really common that people are like, I just and then it they realize oh, I'm kind of bored. I'm I think you of... have to be the the global sort of phenomenon. I think is you have to be excited to be with that person. Has to be fun to be with yeah. them. Yeah, exactly. You want all the time. To keep, right, exactly. You all the time. Be, you can't. You got to think. Yeah. Am I going to ever going to get tired of this? Is there something that's going to tire in some way, or it's going to change in such a way, I'll, and I'll tire of it? I, I I think that a lot of it too, to achieve very romantic means, to achieve to achieve incredibly romantic ends. Sometimes you got to really get roll up your sleeves and engage in a lot of very unromantic means. 
And what by that I mean oh, to achieve this relationship, this marriage where you just every you love every moment of it. Like I'm describing where I just am so happy in my marriage. A lot of times it's not just about roses and nights out and fucking. Of course, it's it's, it's about like us having serious conversations about learning to respect each other as people. And I can I could never imagine doing that with any other person, right. even my first wife, but people who is a very good this. person. Like, I feel like there's so many guys, and this is just, you know, I've talked to a lot of people now, you know, who've been in relationships, and in their, even in their 20s, I'm talking to people, and they're like, oh, you know, men typically will date someone that they're really attracted to, and that's all they, they're not thinking about all these other things that I have to really also like them. Also building and a it life goes with that person. Right, that's but something nobody ever thinks so, like, about. She's men super don't. hot. I'll marry, or you did it. How she's do you hot. Build I'll marry her. Great sex. But they're not thinking, I might be bored by this person. They're not stimulated. But women, we're more like, is he funny? Is he yep. smart? Does he entertain me? But guys are just like the physical. I always say when in How a dating, guys in a dating situation. Like, you're going to want to be entertained. You're going to want to be, you know, have a good time. Well, that's really hard to do to a young man. Because right. you, and, and I don't mean, older guys I don't do mean it all that the time. To, I don't mean that to belittle younger guys. It's just like hormonally, biologically, you're set up. You're not really set up to look at women as a way of. Who's going to entertain me? I mean, you're just not. I know, but you're women are. Animal. So I think that yeah. men should kind of like have some fort, like well, no, that this what you, could happen. What should happen? Bored. She's hot, but find a hot girl in the bar, and I can show you some. Well, what should happen? Having sex with her, which you know, would solve thing. the problem for both men and women, is that women and men should wait till they're in their 30s to get married. Oh yeah, I think so too. that's why. Do not get married because women 30s. will then start to kind of discover themselves sexually more, and it'll level out that way. And men will start to discover themselves emotionally and psychologically more, and it'll level them out that way. And it makes for much better matchmaking um, as opposed to in your early 20s when women are not necessarily – not most women aren't necessarily at their they're sexual – They're not sexually aware. They're they not sexually aware themselves. themselves. It's so true. And they can't – they don't, don't have the lust that a man has. And then men are emotional. They're, 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 they're insane. They're like right. tornadoes because they're these walking testosterone factories. Well, um, that's why I tell people who work for me. I'm like just – in their 20s i'm like you just it's okay like they don't get attached yet these guys don't yeah. know emotionally you don't even know what you want you a gotta lot, date around a little a, a big factor too is um i around. i had to in my first marriage and you you said that well i you married someone for the looks too or for i did body. i married i married Sex. a way hot person for my first marriage but it wasn't because of sexual reasons. In fact, we didn't have sex at all. I could probably count on one I thought hand. I you were, just kept having sex with her because you didn't want to talk to her. No, that was Therefore. my girlfriend before I married my wife. Oh, it's so confusing. Yeah, I know. I'm going to do like I a flow know. chart. Um, um, but no, it, but I was mm-hmm. to say is that a big factor for me is that I, you know, I took my family of origin as, uh, as a, a model of what good marriage is. And you shouldn't always do that. I mean, that's not because you know, you, your parents had a good. You, my you parents thought, are still married, but I, like I said, you I, thought that's we how talked it about it on the air. No one's. I've never heard my parents tell them tell each other they love right. them. I know my parents don't fuck, and they probably haven't for twenty five years. I've never have seen my parents them? hold hands. I've Ooh. never right. seen. No, see, that's so hard when you. That's what you see in your home. You don't. You think that it's normal. The I thought. Who, who I thought it's abuse. Well, my dad was always hitting my my mom. I, I really thought that like the sitcom idea of marriage was the way it was because that's the way my, my dad worked his fingers to the bone. Complained about not having sex. My mom complained about how uh, my dad, uh, my dad's never around, and and it was like it was like you know Home Improvement or any other sitcom. It's like, uh, oh, I love my wife, but geez, I got to tell you about so the strife I feel. Like- and I just thought that that's the way life was. You marry someone, and then you don't fuck them, and then you live together. And a guy works, and a woman complains about it. You him. didn't re- right exactly, and you didn't realize that you could have it all. I didn't. Feel like, I didn't right. even understand because we don't have a model. You don't have a model yeah. of it. Like I didn't have a model of like a happy family, happy marriage. Right. That's why I'm still here talking about it. Your stupid dad was dead. I know, I know, but he was married three times before he died. <laughs> so he went out like high. Like it was like it was a honeymoon. He died. Sort of. I mean, it was a month later, but yeah. Oh, my God. I know. In Mexico, he had a heart attack. He's 49. And I think Ugh. if he was here, they would have been able to save him. He was oh, like in Cancun, sure. right? So, yeah, that was a bummer. No, the, uh, I will be the first to say my people, not the, not at the top of the medical flow chart. Well, oh, yeah, yeah dude, dude. Really. Seriously. Like, why was he in Mexico? Um, okay. I want to talk about porn, which is uh, one of Mike's favorite pastimes. And I, like subjects. I like porn a lot. Um, so, what do you guys think about this whole porn? Like, how how it's affecting people's relationships? It's negatively right now. affecting people's relationships. H- hard, hard to measure yet. Um, I think we think we're seeing young males that are sort of disengaged from relationships because they'd rather not deal with a person. Since they've got porn, it's perfect. Yeah, it's fine. so good. Well, it's porn all they is need. so good nowadays. It's all they need. <laughs> no, I, I, yeah, I, you, you laugh, but 
I mean that. It's it's. What's going to happen when they get those merch, virtual reality? But well, they can't even have sex with a regular person with they a woman. They don't want to. Because it's, it's work. That's a, they, they'll literally. Is it because their brains are getting rewired into just being that? They keep raising the bar of what's there's, hot. There's that, but there also is the fact that men, I hear young males say the following thing, like, uh, "Yeah, girls." They're kind of crazy. It's kind of right. fucking issues. They're a hassle. They get mad. I mean, I, I'm fine. I'm fine. And I, they don't even want relationships. They, they like know it's too wanna, much of a hassle. You want to know an analogy I always use, and I think it is a good one. It's kind of like sports and video games nowadays. A 12-year-old kid in 1980s, let's see, and I was 12 years old in 1990. In 1990, you could only play Legend of Zelda on the original <laughs> Nintendo for so long before you got bored with a fucking stupid game. And then right. you got... I better go out and shoot some hoops, play some baseball. You really aren't that motivated to go break a sweat and have to deal with the grit of playing real football when you have Madden on an Xbox. It is so awesome. It is so fucking great. The gameplay is so smooth. The graphics are so hot. Why deal with the other part of getting sweaty and getting possibly uh, getting a concussion? Okay, so porn, porn just keeps your interest in There's hot-ass chicks that you can get for free. Any, I, can put, I can Google. I can go to RedTube right now and put in anal... Uh, remember, uh, like you do before the show. remember, a huge component of the male sexual experience is visual. Right. And you're gratifying better than they can get in real life. But they visually. don't even know because they're so young. They don't care. Their visual system back? tells them that's because, it. Because, Emily, that's you're, you're missing the point that, that they are so young. When I was so young, I was, I was over the moon if I got my hands on a Victoria's Secret catalog. That right. was like I was that fucking. So is home it all the run. same? Then do you think it's the same? What same thing that you had a catalog and that you? No, my point, now, my point is, I was very motivated to go find a real woman right. because right because that's all you. All had was I paper. had was like a shot, like a maybe an underwear shot of Leanne Tweed in Fredericks of Hollywood. Is you that know why you have her on the show? Because we can come and. I told her I've spilled so much jizz. Over I know. Her. I remember. I was um, here. <laughs> this is this is what I say too. Is that not only is it affecting <laughs> men, but women typically in their twenties don't know their bodies as well. Right. And then I have uh, friends who are like in their thirties, forties, sleeping with women in their twenties. They're like, I swear to God, they all have sex like porn stars. Like they, they don't even. Really? Yeah. Like they're they're trying to act. Yeah. Like, really? Yeah, like, Damn. No, but not in the way that it's good. Like it's in a way that they're playing a role because that's how they think they should act. Like the moaning and the way they yeah, move. And mind you, it's a lot not, of young males think that's authentic. what they're supposed to be. Right, and that's why they're pounding away doing the jackhammer yeah. with them, and it's just a terrible place that how to learn about actually how to have sex that they're, they're learning through yeah. porn. I said yep. that learning to have sex is like uh, by watching porn is like learning to box by watching Rocky. Exactly. It's a terrible way to do it. I know. But I get that it exists and it's not going anywhere. I just wish that people would like listen to Loveline, listen to my Well, in, def- I, in defense of the adult industry, there's a lot of value to it too. I'm not I'm not an anti porn guy. I just think that you have to you have to um you have to kind of digest porn differently than than we used to. You gotta understand it's a very powerful force. It really and, and Mike, is. Mike, dig this. Dig. Yeah. <laughs> Something we've not talked about. Go. Is um I have a sense that in the last year or so, maybe even nine months, that's it has improved a little bit. And I wonder if it's Tinder. That the ease of access has sort of translated over. Now the internet has yeah. made it also easy to make a physical connection or a human right. connection. They're sort of the bar has come down a bit, and now they're more likely to go out into the world. Now, mind you, it's not exactly the healthiest thing, right? Because they're but, just hooking up and then going I, home. But like, I, is that am I right? Is it I it may be. Yeah. I, so. I feel like the porn stuff is just it's just on a rise because I feel like at every party, every outing that I go to, there's always someone who pulls me aside, and usually I use it as like a litmus test of whatever questions they're asking. Like for a while, I went. Everyone's like asking about threesomes. How did I get my way to have a threesome? Or, and then it was anal, and now it's all about guys are like. I watch a lot of porn. I, you know, I don't want to do. I do it once a day. And this guy pulled me aside. He's like, twice a day is that bad? He's like, okay, actually, it's seven times a day, and yeah, I can't. Well, they're have guilty sex. about it because they don't know. It's it's such it's so intense. It's so it's so gratifying. It's really and it's and I'm not kidding. <laughs> a big problem is it's so good and so available. It's uh, the women are so attractive. The and camera angles and the and like it's so good. The quality of porn is so high. That it makes it a much more dangerous entity. That's and then, do you think that men that are being more judgment than they're with the woman? They're like, her makeup's not perfect, her boobs aren't perfect. Like, I'm just I don't not know. I don't know. To what, yeah, I do think, that. what I do think, I, I getting think back to Tinder, is. is that, and I don't think this, I know this from my own, I don't know if the control size was big enough. Um, this, the, the, what is it? Not the control size. Control group. The control, control group. group was big enough because I talked to three or four girls, my wife's friends, um, who were quite attractive in their mid 20s. Um, actually, like very successful, everything going. Any guy on earth would have been happy to be with these girls, and they're all using Tinder. And I'm like, what's up with that? And I read I mean, why are what, they having to use right, it? Right, and I read what these guys are writing them. Okay, 
And every guy is a fucking idiot. Yeah. And then I start talking to them. I say, well, what's with dating nowadays? And she's like, well, I went out with this guy the other day. She's 28, this girl mm-hmm. I'm talking about. She's awesome. So hot. She's she's successful in her right. own right. She's like, I went out with this guy. He's 45. And uh, we sit down to dinner. And he's like, look, I'm not going to play games with you if, unless we're, you know, unless we're in, like, some serious sex stuff, like multiple partners. I don't even want to, you know, I'll drive you home right now. And I go, what a dick bag. And the other two girls were like, oh, yeah, like that sounds like that's pretty much par for the course. So I go, wait, explain to me, like, explain to me dating in, in 2014 right. because I'm out of the loop. I never even did it when I was single. Right. I didn't really date. So everything I'm noticing is that guys have no idea how to behave or treat women anymore because of. They porn prematurely and then escalate the sex conversation, too, which you should never even talk about well, on the first date. And then you get you can't blame like, them. I like threesome. Why? In because 1996, of- it wasn't even an option. Now, if you strike out with three chicks, you still have 350 million that That's you have access to on Facebook. Right. And you they're bound to say yes every once in a while. Right. That's why guys they, like they've, learned, they've completely forego the kind of process of getting to know a girl, playing the game. But like, look, I'm not gonna lie to you. Sometimes I've said things and done things to manipulate girls to get in bed. But at least I had to say and do things. Right. You know, exactly. I mean, now I, you don't even have to. I My never led with Tinder let's fuck. Jo- do you like, squirt? You know, right, that's exactly. what these guys are saying. They do. They a think lot. it's okay. My friend says it's a blowjob dispensary. He's like, every time I go out on Tinder, like I get a blowjob. Like it just happens. Like these women. It's like Comic Con for it. me. Mm. Every time I go it's to like Comic Con, I get blown that's somehow. Awesome. No, but it's, I mean, Tinder, it really is. And it's also. Those are furries. But yeah. it's the big, right? That's true, too. There's a bigger, better deal that you, because think about it. Like 10 years ago, you didn't have people, you know, poking you, wherever they used to poke on Facebook. They're not liking your photo on Instagram. People are meeting from so many different other areas that there's always someone new popping up on your social media chain that in the past was like, you went to a party, you met someone, or you right. didn't, or you I were at the store. I had to. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a generally antisocial guy. We are not, no I one had knows to how go to be social and to meet intimate. women. Yes. Right. And now you're just lazy. You never leave your house. You're like, this guy f- liked me on Instagram. And you go down the rabbit chain of like, oh, who else are they see? And, and it's just, there's they, people mine. don't know how to date or how to meet people. And, I hate to use these sports analogies, Emily. Oh, but I hate sports. I know. That. But a friend of mine asked me to <laughs> drive kidding. to San Diego and go to a Chargers game. Okay. About three, Chargers. Or four, three or four months ago. Right. And uh, I thought I thought to myself, yeah, it sounds cool. You know, I love the city of San Diego. Chargers, cool team. See Philip Rivers ball it up. And I thought to myself, they make me come up here to join you. Yeah, no kidding. Soon That'd be awesome. Um, and I thought to myself, you know, I can sit in front of my TV and get HD views of the NFL with breakdowns from really good correspondents and and uh, and play by play guys. I don't really think I need to go into a stadium with eighty thousand people and deal with drunks <laughs> and stuff like that. And I think the same thing for a you know eighteen nineteen year old guy. You come home from a night at the bars and you think to yourself, "Why am I going to do this again and pay twenty dollars for a cocktail and try to meet girls that aren't necessarily receptive when I can just open up my fucking Facebook and just rifle through?" Right, exactly. And then, then you, could, you could put it out there, yeah. like you can like toss the 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 net or whatever right. out to like as many women as you. You could text. That's why texting, I think, it was invented too for guys. Like at night, like the, the booty calls, they could text ten different whoever answers first. Yeah. You know, when it first started, I was like, "That's what all, everyone's doing." And it used to be like you called them, they answered, they didn't. So. And I think that there's this whole, like, almost boyfriend syndrome, which we talked about on the show last week, that people, it's not even, like, friends with benefits. It's that someone that feels like they're your partner, but really you're no one's committing to anybody. Yeah, I, I've never never navigated those roads, but I can see how a grown adult, it's very difficult to have the are we a couple conversation. I mean, how do you do that? At And when you're 29, how do you look to another girl and go, like, so what are we? I mean, it seems very reasonable at 17. It's just, I, I don't know. I mean, get, let's say you, you, go out on, you go out on your fourth date. You've already been sexually active. You you hang out together and you're, you go to lunch in between, you know, your lunch break at work. You go and have lunch together. And it's like you're kind of together. You're sexually active. But, like, no one's ever said, like, are we boyfriend, girlfriend? What, where does that conversation happen? It's very difficult. Well, no one's even having it anymore because they don't have models of it. So none of their friends are in relationships Well, they're either. also afraid of what they might hear. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah and I yeah. think a lot of the women are going around are going I'd be mortified. I think that the women actually might want relationships more so, but they're, the guys aren't doing it. They're not asking for it, and none of their friends are in relationships. So My wife and I had to have that con- Like, it was, like, a conversation. Well, most people And it was uncomfortable, but it was— you know, I'm 35. My wife's 37, it, and it's like we were grown ass adults who had already both been married and and owned homes and stuff. And, and it's like to sit down and be like, "So, are you my boyfriend?" It was very weird. You know, how long had you been together? Uh, when we had that conversation, yeah, the, con- like, the conversation, like, like five months. Did you bring it up or she brought it up? She did. 
Always, right, because you don't Statistically, always brought up by women. But I just assumed. That's what I hear. The, I've never the, brought it up ever. Tall. I hate it's the talk. The I just assumed. Like, I'm like, wait, what did you say? I never want it. Well, yeah, I'm but you have commitment I'm issues. Like thus, I do, I do. thus, you never have a, a boyfriend. No, I've been, yeah, exactly. I hate I'm like, do we have to talk about it? I'm, like, I'm like, I don't like labels. Part of the problem is they all want to be your boyfriend. I've seen you with three different guys that look like they want to be your boyfriend. I know, they do. Yeah, but two of them were fucking dicks. Who? I'm not going to I liked all of them. All of them? How many have you met? I've met three. I've only met. You met three? No, one, three, three. Who three? You didn't. I met one, one whose the... name rhymed rhymed with Schmavid. You didn't meet him. Yes, I did. When? Okay, we'll talk about that. I don't and then that. I met the one with your two friends that mm-hmm. once wanted to be your boyfriend. Okay. And then I saw one last weekend. Right. That, yeah, but that okay. guy doesn't want to be your boyfriend. We already had that conversation with that dude. He's you handsome. And no, no, nice. now he does. Now he does again. Really? Wait, yeah. who had the conversation? <laughs> the guy you with at a we, Christmas? Yeah. We, yeah. we talk. You said to him, girls talk. Be- no, fucking, he was here. You brought him to Love Line. We and I go, Emily, what's with the. This guy's good looking. He's nice. He's charming. And you're like, oh, yeah, he's just my friend. I mean, I mean we, okay. We're like, we, we were friends. We were, we've been friends for a year and a half and then, you know, hugged up. But we're not like. Now he's in. Oh, now he's in. But whatever. We're yeah, what's up with three that guys want to be boyfriends? I'm just saying. They do. What's they up with that? Do, okay. Because I think I don't want to. That's right. What's up with that? That dude's really cool. He's super nice. I love him. He's great. Awesome. Okay. Very good. So friend. what's the hangup? There is no hangup. You're just happy with Emily. It's right. Emily. No, I'm not the hangup. I swear. In fact, I think we'll you know, have to talk with him then. I've never had the talk in my life, but well, I'm working on. You better expand your I've never approached a man like you have never approached a woman, Mike, which I find interesting for all the sex you've had, and I've never made the first move. I've never had the talk. And I have but been I, in listen, relationships for two and a half years. Several. I've gotten in trouble. Too. I've gotten in trouble talking about that. Too, didn't I? I don't know who you met. We got to talk about that. I don't <laughs> I've gotten in trouble with met. that, talking about how I don't, I've never like asked a girl out and got her number and stuff, and I've fucked like too many women account. Right. And it's because, and I don't, I don't say that because I've gotten in trouble on, especially, it's no, well, thing. especially on like love advice type podcasts. <laughs> I've gotten in trouble because guys are like, hey, dude, that that's not very helpful to me. And I go, well, I say that only because. For the first half of my dating life, I was high and doing blow. And if you do blow with girls alone, you're gonna fuck them. Yeah. And so that's it wasn't. Why you do it right. right. You get yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's well, very not, easy. It's not when you're drug addict. You drug addict. You do it because it's your. You want to enjoy the right. coke together. Yeah. But a it's lot of like times not, it starts and so, too because so people I just, have social anxiety about women. They use a blow. If I get the blow, this woman's gonna sleep with so me. So I was. I was in a very Everything. unique world prior to that. Then, as soon as I get clean, then I was on TV. So then I was in another very unique situation where girls would just be like, "Hey." How's sex with me sound? You know, right. and I know that sounds like a... Like but even a, afterwards, those women at the hotel, the MILFs, who you that were That was like, insane. He's just sitting there, like, waiting to go into Love Line. Like, I don't no, know. No, no, no. No, it's worse. It's way worse. Okay. I just got... We, I just dropped off a girl who I went on a date with and had sex with, and she was doing a... Oh, I can't even say. It's okay. She was doing a makeup exhibit. She was a hair and makeup for, okay. for, like, TV shows. And she was working on a client at that hotel. She's so like, I dropped her off. I dropped her off in her hotel to do her client, and I was waiting at the bar there because I was I lived in Pasadena at the time right. and didn't want to drive all the way back to Pasadena before Love Line. <laughs> so I was like, I have forty five minutes to kill. While I'm in the bar, just dropping off a girl, I'm in the bar waiting, and these girls from these mills from Texas are like, Hey, how about you come up mills to this from room Texas and have sex with us? And I was like, What? Was their hair like all crazy? And no, they were they were they were in their forties, but they were very attractive. And oh, sure. And they just was, gave you blowjobs, right? Well, no, one of them, like they were preparing to have sex I with me. I love that I know all your. And they were making out with me, and then they both got topless, and then one got full naked and started blowing me. And I'll never, I remember, it was a funny thing because she was blowing me, and I looked over, and the other one was topless on her BlackBerry, like sending a text to someone. And I'm like, what's going like, on? Right, hey, that's kind of weird. It's kind of that's, uh, kind it was of just a weird it's, situation. That's not very good. Um, um sexual, sexual. Uh, that's rude. Etiquette. Actually, I didn't care. thank you very much. Okay, you guys. Um, well. Let's answer an email from one of my listeners. Let's do it. Because I think they would love to have your advice because you guys are, like, professionals. Yeah. It's about low sexual confidence. Uh, Dear Emily, the last few days my ex, who I ended on okay terms with, started texting me. um, I don't know. Okay. Doesn't say it. It makes a big difference. Okay, guys. We'll probably figure it out. Oh, listen. Sorry. Let's talk. Okay. The last few days my ex, who I ended on okay terms with getting back, started texting me. We were goofing around over text when she said that I was the first guy she'd had a hard time getting hard and that I wasn't that big. And that I was too hesitant and didn't just take her like she like I like she thought I would. Wait, this, this was this uh, needs a lot more information. Okay, okay, so just ahead. listen, so this she made him feel bad sexually. Yep, this killed it. my ego and now I'm yep. pretty afraid to have sex with women. Mm-hmm. I've never been really good talking to girls anyway. And so I'm not the most confident guy 
ever. So it's not like I'm uh, getting a ton of sex to begin with. I work out six days a week. I'm studying to become a personal trainer. All of my friends tell me just to focus on that and wait for women to come by. But my thought is, why wait? I haven't had sex in six months and haven't had a relationship for a year and a half. Isn't it normal for me to be seeking out a mate? Don't guys usually court girls anyway? I thought maybe you'd have some thoughts on this, Mike. Uh. I'm guessing that he's in his 20s yeah. and that one woman can do this. Like, I was with a guy oh, yeah. who his, his ex-wife said to him, like, your penis is small. And I'm just telling you, it is not a small penis. It's a lovely penis. It, it worked fine. I was very happy. I was like, like it's I was a shocked. Penis. It's it a was lovely a really penis. It was a really lovely penis. I enjoyed <laughs> it. It was. It was actually. I would have to say larger than normal. But he, she said this one thing to get him at the end of their marriage, and he never got over it. Yeah. And so I think this guy, he gets insulted. He's not that big. And how do you recover from that? How do you restore a castrated male? Is yes, that what that's exactly. about? Exactly. And it, I think more than anything. As I think about it, it's how vulnerable you were to this in the first place. It's like, why do you, why did somebody suddenly get depressed when they had a sudden stressor? Like, they just put some over the edge. So there already was trouble. He, with right, the exactly. He was already worried about his... He's just not whole. Uh, and if you're not whole, it's... Pr- I mean, if you hear his email, hey, dude, why don't you just go hang out with people? You're doing personal training. You know how to talk to people, yeah. relate to people. You must be able to. You're doing a training work. Start just... Take people out for coffee and hang exactly. it out. Probably the same stuff you're telling my son. <laughs> just, uh, just hang <laughs> just out. Just don't think about it. Yeah, just men, hang women. out. Just enjoy the time with people, and stuff will naturally happen. And if you're really into them, be open and honest. And But just, you know, don't – if you're whole, it's hard for somebody to take you apart. If you, But if you're already fragmented and, and fearful and un, unable to, to hold it together, somebody can just pull it down and the house of cards falls. You got to build yourself back which up, and all right. which some of the women are telling him already, which it, it takes time. That's right. Some women are already telling him that, which is right, which is just focus on your work and focus on you know getting feeling good about yourself in the world, and then start dating people. But don't jump into sex necessarily right away. But don't necess- But really, don't fall in love with anybody either. Exactly. Just start hanging out, and if sex happens, great. If it doesn't, also great. And see if you can get some experiences where you get back, literally, back up on the horse. Right, and he probably feels confident, Mike, when he's at you know work. So start channeling some of those skills of when you're confident. These he might vibrators. Um, yeah, right. Because these are things he's good at. I'm sure he's being you, trained. You never know. I mean, I, I think that you'd be shocked. I think that young guys, very young guys, twenties, well, teens, they have a hard time even admitting to themselves to how. How much um, their their status in the world, socially, professionally, how much it affects their ego. Profound. I mean, yeah, I think that well, especially young guys in their twenties when they didn't make enough money, you know, they, they right. Yeah, but, well, no, but already. my point is, is that if you don't go to uh, uh, Ivy League school when you're in college, if you don't, if you don't make a lot of money when you get out of college, if you don't have a job, if you if you are if you look at yourself in a way that isn't necessarily boosting to your own ego, that plays a huge role in how you look at yourself in the bedroom it's a and i i don't think you get it's it's a shame that you have to be really old and over the hill to to the point to a point to ever realize that i know? just think that everyone needs to go to therapy in their 20s well i was gonna say I mean, this, I call, that, this I caller I, I would think therapy would be an important thing for him yeah. because yeah. he does kind of have his own life together and yet he still feels empty i mean i, yeah, I, but I honestly think but, that everybody i think couples need it mm-hmm. i think that individuals and i know yeah. on the, like, on love line, i'm like oh, you want to say it again like go to therapy and everyone thinks that they can't afford it there's always ways to get it they're sliding scales but real quick what it's very important Tell and me. i don't think women understand this by and large yes drew don't you agree that he by from an outsider's point of view ostensibly this young man does have his life together but that doesn't matter because it doesn't matter until he feels like he has his that's life right together. he has to feel like it and also i was a, i was a part of a, a worldwide things will fill you up, i was part of it's... a very a legacy radio show sitting next to dr drew every single night i was on dancing with the stars i was flying back and forth from new york doing Re- regis and kelly and I, I, you would have Did thought, you, you would have Kelly? thought, oh, no, 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 just kidding. You would have thought that I was cleaning up the jizz at a, at a, at a late night porn theater. I mean, that's, that's how that's I how felt, felt about exactly. myself. Exactly. It doesn't matter how many yeah. times people tell you you're beautiful, you're amazing, you're smart, you're sexy, until you believe that yourself, right. it's not going to fill you up. Yeah, but we and, think and, we but, need but that particularly for men yeah, in their career, like man, you got to understand. Also, the, what I call it is sort of your position in the world. You have to know who you are as a man in the world, what your contribution is, what your worth is, how how you're going to make a difference in the world. And the other, the other, that's one take home message from that story you just read us. And the other is, women do not appreciate the impact they have on men. I, I mean, didn't even know a lot. That. Of, a lot of men are still forty year old men walking around, f- still in pain over something 
Somebody said it to them when they were 11. Exactly. Or like 17. this guy with the peanut. I mean, right, like exactly. So you've got to realize what's holding you back. And if you need to go to therapy, I don't know what other way to say therapy. Sometimes it yeah. feels like a broken record, yeah, yeah. but that's how we all, we've all been in therapy and that's how you work it out. So we got to go because we got to do another show. But no. I know. I, there's like, I have a hundred other things I want to talk to you about. Well, it, it was very nice to join you on Sex yeah. with Emily. I love this. Mm-hmm. This is always, this has been meant to be. And you guys, okay, so you're. Twitter, Instagram, Dr. Drew, at Dr. Drew, mm-hmm. and then at Dr. Drew HLN mm-hmm. on Instagram. Mike, yeah. Twitter and Instagram, at Mike Catherwood. Mm-hmm. Anything else you guys want? And your Adam and Drew, po- uh, Adam and Drew, sorry. Drew Podcast, Adam and Drew Podcast. Mike and Drew Podcast, Adam and Drew Podcast. Adam and Drew Podcast is great, too. Okay, right. Mike and Drew. Mm-hmm. Mike and Drew. Drew Adam and, and Dr. Drew. Uh, Dr. Drew Podcast. Those are all podcasts. And I give my wife a little love. Uh, if you're a, yes. a expecting mother, a new mother, if you're a mother, period, the Atomic Bombs podcast is. I've heard then, that's amazing. Someone else just mentioned it. My wife's it. calling out, which is a I fascinating. I didn't even get into that because I wanted to ask you more about that. But what? It's just her podcast, Calling yeah. Out with Susan Pinsky. Yeah. I, last time I was on Calling Out with Susan Pinsky with my wife, uh, the clairvoyant made my wife cry. So, so cry in a good way. Like yeah, yeah. she thought, yeah, she no, knew so much. Both times I had made like the first time, like she instantly knew my dad had died. Like yeah. said, he's proud of you because I always think, oh god, if he could see me like sitting with the vibrators. I also like, my entire Instagram hat. feed is like me and, like, and the Santa hat. I also I want to promote my website. I gave you a freaking bot mitzvah. Real, I, uh, thank you, Emily, for Please, giving me. This. I don't know website. Yeah, it's uh, it's bluewaffle.net. <laughs> Blue. You're funny. Wait, I got it, Anderson. Wait, because I got to plug. I got to say one more thing. Blue waffles, whatever, and your drdrew.com. Yep. Okay, so lemonparty.com. I gotta say one thing she is a sexual health expo, it's not just for women because the acronym is she. Um, it is January 17th and 18th in Los Angeles. Go to sexualhealthexpo.com. Um, it's amazing, it's two days, it's in Los Angeles, West Hollywood. You're gonna learn from the top sex and relationship experts. I'm giving the keynote about God knows what, Drew knows, I'll be up the night before writing it. Um, but it's going to be awesome. The latest and greatest toys, all that stuff. Check it out. And, oh, yeah, don't forget, also giving away toys this week on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Sex with Emily, seven days of pleasure. Um, thanks to you, Mike, and thanks every. Oh, Anderson, thank you. And your podcast. Thank you, Em. Uh, been enough film podcast ball. talk. Jesus Christ. Okay, everyone. Thanks, Madison and Kimber. I love you. I love my whole team. And uh, thanks for listening. Was it good for you? Email me. Feedback at sexwithemily.com. Hey, everyone. Let me ask you a question. Are you getting enough? I bet you'd love a little more, right? Well, adamandeve.com wants to give you more with 10 free gifts. First, you'll get a sexy surprise for her. Second, a specially selected toy for him. And third, a little something we know you'll both enjoy. Plus, you'll get six full-length adult movies on DVD. And number 10, free shipping on your entire order. So what do you have to do to get your 10 free gifts? Not hard at all. Go to adamandeve.com and select any one item. It could be an adventurous new toy, sexy piece of lingerie, anything you desire. Just enter offer code EMILY at checkout and you'll get all 10 free gifts. I got this for everyone on my list because I'm telling you, all my friends, birthdays, whatever, get them something sexy. Get them something that they want. Go to adamandeve.com today. Select one item. Get 10 free gifts, including free shipping. I love free shipping. I love 10 free gifts. Enter offer code EMILY. That's E-M-I-L-Y at adamandeve.com. Okay, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Love being able to help you have the sex life and relationships you deserve. And I got to tell you about Promescent. One in three men suffers from premature ejaculation, or they just don't last as long as they want to in bed. Promescent is a quickly absorbing delay spray that allows you to have the sex you want. You don't even have to think about baseball or your great aunt Margaret with the frame. Whatever you do, whatever you do to not ejaculate, you don't have to worry about that anymore because you're not enjoying sex. You're thinking about other things. And if you just want to last twice as long, try Promescent. It's the only FDA-approved treatment for lasting longer in bed for premature ejaculation. Go to promescent.com. That's P-R-O-M-E-S-C-E-N-T. Or check it out on my website. Click on the banner, sexlummy.com. And uh, thanks, everyone, for listening.